Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Do as much as you can to learn. Actively get out there and meet with people, even if you don't do anything with them. I think that that is as valuable as any is just get exposed to that world. Before we get into today's episode, I want to offer you a free service and a free gift. Yes, a free gift. You're a loyal best ever listener. You deserve free gifts. And it's from our best ever partner, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. So are you a landlord or investor who's self-managing? Well, if you're self-managing, is that the best way to scale your business? And are you fulfilled by self-managing or would you rather be doing other stuff with your time? Like, I don't know, scaling your business, scaling your portfolio, making more money, bringing more rentals, rental income coming in because you're acquiring more properties. If you want to scale, if you're not getting fulfilled by self-managing, then here comes the free service. Here comes the free gift. Linda Libatory, you know her, episode 714 I interviewed her about her best ever advice, talked to her about her company, which is the solution to your problem, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. They handle the phone calls, they handle the rent collections, they handle late payment reminders, they handle the lease violation notices, everything from the text messages, reminders, all the way to collecting the ACH payments. Linda's team will help you scale your business, whether you got 500 units or even a handful of units, go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. They're going to give you a free 30-minute goal strategy session. They'll give you free setup and the first 30 days free, mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Again, if you are self-managing and you're not fulfilled by self-managing and you agree that there's a better way to scale your business, scale your investments, then go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Take Linda and her team up on their generous offer of giving you a trial and a strategy session to see if it's right for you. Mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff. With us today, Jordan Madewell. How you doing, Jordan? Joe, thank you for having me. I'm great. Well, nice to have you on the show and especially someone who is living in the town or the city where I went to school, Lubbock, Texas, home of Texas Tech University. A little bit about Jordan. He is the owner of Jordan Madewell Construction Company. 
He began investing in real estate two years ago and currently owns two single-family residents. But get this, in November of 2016, he syndicated a 23-unit multifamily deal. We're going to talk about that for sure. He's currently looking to scale his portfolio up several hundred more units in the next 12 to 24 months. With that being said, Jordan, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. I grew up, my parents, grandparents, both were in the construction and real estate business. I've been around this all my life. And recently, over the past few years, got back into construction after doing financial services. And a lot of people call it house hacking. We lived in our first house and then later turned it into a rental. And we bought the second single family in October of 2015. And I can remember this perfectly. We literally were driving home from the closing. I turned to my wife and I said, we shouldn't have bought that property. Uh-oh. And, uh oh. <laughs> That's not what she, she wanted to hear. <laughs> right. She turns to me and says, well, why? Did we do something wrong or is it a bad deal? I said, no, it's not a bad deal. Same amount of time, effort, energy, and really money in some cases, we could have bought 10 or 20 or 30 units. And it just kind of put me on this path of education and learning and reaching out to people and going for apartments and small multifamily. I just thought, this is the next step. This is progression of what we need to be doing to hit our goals. And so we did that over the next six months. I read everything I could get my hand on. Your podcast was one of the ones I found and came across, listened to a ton of episodes. So thank you, by the way, and reached out to different people and found myself a kind of a mentor, co-sponsor type of a person to finally kind of go after my first deal with. Outstanding. Who is that person? His name's Kenny Wolf, and he's about six or seven years into multifamily and commercial real estate and probably has about 17, 1800 units under management and just a great guy. Our philosophies on investing really aligned. And when I found this little 23 unit, in a town a couple hours north of Lubbock. Which town? Canyon. Okay, yep. Just south of Amarillo. Just a small college market up that way. So as soon as we kind of found that deal, we went after it and closed three months later. That was August when we kind of found that deal and we closed on that in November. Mm. Well, I want to spend our time on this 23-unit deal. And before talking about the actual deal, I want to spend time on what you did in the six months leading up to the 23-unit deal. You said you listened to podcasts. Mine's one of them. What other podcasts did you listen to? I got a lot of education out of a finance podcast called Old Capital. Yep. Michael Becker, Paul Peebles. Oh, yeah. Great guys. Smartest guys in the room. And they were very instrumental just listening to them. But I'll tell you, I picked up the phone and called their office and visited with them and asked them questions, and they were just extremely helpful in that. And so really, I would suggest or recommend anybody reaching out to those guys and listening to their podcast. What questions did you ask? One of my questions that was probably one of my first ones was, what are the two or three action items I need to be doing today to prepare myself? Because just got through saying I need to be educational and learning I also realize at some point you need to start acting and stop trying to learn everything in the book and start doing. And so I'm big on action items and goals and timelines and that type of deal. So that was one thing I did and said, hey, what do I need to be doing in the next few months to get ready for this? What do I need to be looking for? How do I need to evaluate these things? What can I do to get more comfortable running numbers? 
What was the answer? Well, they told me kind of all of the above. They told me, keep reading your books, keep listening to this podcast, and you'll get more comfortable in hearing different terminology. You'll get more comfortable in hearing kind of how things are financed. Keep reaching out to other people that you come across on podcasts, on platforms, online, on meetups. Everybody you talk to, just kind of keep having those conversations, keep asking questions, and keep learning deals. Another great podcast, obviously, is Bigger Pockets. Listen to those guys over the past couple of years, and they have some of their spreadsheets and models that you can run stuff on, and so got a lot out of theirs. So you listen to podcasts. You've reached out to the hosts. Did you reach out to guests that were on the podcast? That is literally how I found Kenny? a lot of people call co-sponsors, yeah. deal sponsors, or partners. That's how I found Kenny. Ah, Heard him being interviewed on Old Capital's podcast, and just the things he talked about in his interview really resonated with me, and I just thought to myself, I'm going to call the guy. So whether it be naivety or ignorance, I just reached out and called him, and we had a series of phone calls over the next several, four to six months, I would say, and just Mm -hmm. everything from just, hey, what would you do in this situation? And, and how would you handle that situation? And what do you think about this deal I found? And what would you run the numbers on this? What price would you be here? And how do you determine this rehab? So I just kind of picked his brain for, I don't know, probably six months at least. And so that's how I found him and just reached out to him from the podcast. And what did you give him and what did he give you? Well, in our specific 23-unit deal, we partnered up as the management team. A lot of these projects, as I'm sure many of your listeners know, but basically there's a general partner or the management group, and they keep a portion of the project and give the rest of the entire deal away to the investors that put money into it. So that's what he and I did is we split the management group in our first project. Mm -hmm. And what was the structure? For the most part, on all the projects that we are looking forward to going forward, we do a 20% ownership and raise money through the remaining 80%. Mm-hmm. Is that what you did on the 23 unit? Yes. Okay. So 20% general partnership, limited partnership, 80%, right? That's right. And how much did the general partnership bring to the deal, if any? We took the 20%. And then we only needed to come up with about 450000 between the down payment, closing costs, some of the rehab, and working capital is kind of all the numbers we raised. And so we raised about 450000 And out of that, our management group, I think, put together right under 50000 of that four hundred fifty. dollars So okay. we put roughly 8 to 10% into the deal of our physical dollars. Cool. So you put in 8 to 10% of the overall equity and you got 20% for putting the deal together and everything else, right? Right. And what type of fee structure do you have? Do you take an asset management fee or an acquisition fee, construction management, anything like that? We just do a straight 1.5% asset management fee paid out of the net operating income, but we didn't do an acquisition fee on this project or a construction management fee. So none of those, just the 1.5% asset management. What type of loan do you have on it? Right now we have a bridge loan. That was part of the opportunity and part of the downside of doing a 23-unit deal is it's almost kind of too small. So it was 
basically poorly mismanaged. The property was only 10 years old. It's still in pretty good shape, really, from a maintenance standpoint. So it didn't have a lot of cosmetic or aesthetic repairs or rehab needed. So really the biggest thing that was our opportunity in creating value was the property managed before was just a small mom and pop. Nothing wrong with that. But they had an insurance package that was entirely too expensive. They had the daughter living on site, being the on-site property manager. And so she got free rent and she was getting like 20 grand a year to manage the property. On a property that size, between those two things, that equaled something close to like a 24, 25% management fee. So they were just kind of milking it and not really running it like a business. And especially if you ran it for investors. So we basically came in and we put in a better insurance package. We cut the management fee down to what would be appropriate, which ends up being, I think we're in between six and seven percent on a project that size and basically did what little maintenance and repairs and rehab needed. And now we're just in the process of renting it back up because the other catch was the daughter had a full-time job outside of being this property manager, so she didn't really care whether the units were rented or not. So we took over this property, and there was like six or seven units vacant. Well, on a 23-unit complex, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't qualify for the Freddie Mac or Fannie Mae loan programs that are so desirable for multifamily because we're under that 85 to 90% occupancy threshold that a lot of those programs need to qualify for. And so we basically took it to a local bank, put it on bridge financing while we kind of got it saved. It's called AIM Bank. They're just a small commercial bank in West Texas. Okay. But we have a good working relationship with them and they kind of have a good appetite for business and commercial real estate. And so it was a good fit for them. But they effectively gave us the same terms as a Fannie Mae type deal, except that it's just a bridge. Mm-hmm. And so that allowed us to get in and have some interest-only financing, still have a good amortization, still have a competitive interest rate, and just give us time to go ahead and get that property stabilized. And what is your role and what is Kenny's role in this deal? Me and Kenny, and we have another partner that on Kenny's team, all three of us combined Really, he raised a little bit more money for the down payment than I did, but basically I handle most of the day-to-day. And then us three meet and go over all of the more high-level details. We go over the monthly reports. We go over the lease renewals. We're just kind of in contact with the property management on a regular basis, but any of the day-to-day decision-making that needs to be done that the property manager doesn't have the authority or doesn't want to make a decision on, I'll usually handle that. But otherwise, his big role is helping us secure the permanent financing we want. And he was instrumental in getting the down payment raised. And I really needed somebody like him as kind of a safety net or an insurance policy of my own, if you will, I felt confident in what I was doing, but I wanted to make sure I was doing things the right way and the best way. And Mm -hmm. the fact that he's closed on 12 or 15 deals or whatever it is, I know he knows what is a good way and a good process to do things and trying to avoid winging it as much as possible, if you know what I mean. (laughs) And how much did you 
put into the deal of your own dollars? You said 50K came from the general partnership. I put in about 20,000 of my own money. And what is your percent ownership of the general partnership? Half. Half. So I oh. own 10% of that 20. And with the investors, do you have a preferred return or any structure on top of the 80-20? Our projections and strategy for the overall project was that we wanted to return approximately 10% or better on an average annual based on five years, basically. So that's what we're trying to do as a percentage of what they put in. So somebody put in 10 grand, I'm trying to give them $1,000 in cash flow a year over a five-year period on average. So that's our first goal is 10% or better cash on cash. And then our second goal is that we're going to either refinance the property and pull enough cash out to return all the original principal to the investors or at the point where it makes more sense, we'll just put the asset up for sale and dispose of it basically to achieve one or the other. But we usually want to try to do that in about a five to seven year time frame. If we can do it sooner, great. But effectively that's going to double an investor's money if I can get them 10% a year while they're hanging out and then either cash out refi or a sale and returning that plus gains in that time frame really should be a pretty good investment for any of our limited partners. Is there a, when I said preferred return, what I was referring to is investors get a percentage of the profits before there's an 80-20 split. Yeah. If it does better, they get better. If it doesn't perform, it's just what it gets is what it gets. So if we do eight, that's what they get. If they get 15, they get all 15. So we didn't do a, a preferred on this one. How did you find the management company? Two ways. One, my brother is a real estate agent in West Texas and has a close relationship with these guys. And then two, I knew that they had a couple of properties that are similar size in the same market, really even in the same part of town as the property we just bought. So we felt like they were a good fit because they literally knew the neighborhood. It's like six blocks away is where one of their other properties they're managing. And because we already had a good knowledge of who they were from my brother and I's relationship with them. Based on your experience, what is your best real estate investing advice ever for someone who wants to do a syndicated deal like you just did? A couple of things. If you can find a mentor or find what I would call a co-sponsor that has been through it and has already had success and it already has the credibility and the track record and really even has the investor network and database, it's going to make your life a lot easier. So if you can find that person and they would be willing to do a deal with you, that's going to shorten your learning curve immensely. And they're going to help you learn the right way instead of you just finding out through hard knocks. So that would be my first thing is find somebody you can team up with. My second thing would be do as much as you can to learn. Actively get out there and meet with people. Even if you don't do anything with them, I think that that is as valuable as any is just get exposed to that world. As you know, Joe, so much of the multifamily market in any given area is a pretty small community. And so they all know each other. They all know who's buying. They all know who's selling. And so 
just kind of getting exposed out there that you're out there, you're interested, you're wanting to deal is going to be helpful to start getting your name out there. So a mentor and just getting involved, I think, are two really first steps that I would take or I would tell somebody to take. And then if I had to tell you another one, it would just be at some point you got to start doing instead of start reading. I want to know everything and I want to do it. At some point I get kind of the paralysis of analysis, you know, and I just think that stops a lot of real estate investors. They're looking for this magic unicorn that doesn't exist. And sometimes you just got to act. Did your brother find the property since he's a real estate agent in West Texas? No, we knew of this property from some previous relationships. And so I reached out to them just trying to put some feelers out. Just, hey, if you're ever in the neighborhood of selling or want to look at getting rid of the property, let me know. And I thought that was a two-year conversation. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to wait forever, and maybe they'll call me. And it just happened that they had just recently put the property up for sale. And so we just maybe we lucked into that. But I just knew of that property, and it was kind of in a market where I felt comfortable in. I'm from the Amarillo area and grew up in Canyon originally, and so I knew it was a good market for the college being there, and it was a good market because it was stable and it wasn't run down. So I just knew that market, and I had kind of been looking all over West Texas because in my mind that was good places to start since I could get there, but even if it wasn't in my backyard in Lubbock, that was okay to me. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Are you an investor who self-manages, talks to your residents, collects checks, and handles all the day-to-day tasks? Well, there's a better way, best ever listener, and guess what? That better way is Secure Pay One. Secure Pay One, the landlord helper, will have conversations over the phone with your residents whenever there's an issue, and the residents can pay you directly. So schedule your free trial and 30-minute session today at mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Tired of the noise in the real estate investing space but still want to light your business on fire? Real Estate Deal Talk is an original source of radio shows, podcasts, case studies, and articles devoted to real estate investing. For investors, by investors. Discover more at realestatedealtalk.com. That's realestatedealtalk.com. Best ever book you've read? The best ever book I've read is probably The Noticer by Andy Andrews. It's not necessarily a business book, but it just gives you some great life perspective. The Noticer by Andy Andrews? Yes, sir. Best ever deal you've done? Outside of starting my own construction company, I would say that's probably the best deal I've ever done is started that. But buying my first single-family rental, I bought it at the right price, and I've held on to it, and that's turned into a real cash flow. And then I look forward to doing more of these multifamilies. So I'm going to have to say my next multifamily deal will be my best ever. Best ever way you like to give back? I like doing stuff like this. I've done some other podcasts and had dozens of people reach out to me via email and phone and text and Facebook and whatever, and I'll talk shop all day about real estate. And so I love talking about that from this standpoint and just giving my two cents. And otherwise, we do a lot of stuff with our church and 
give money to missions and the local church camp we work with. So if I'm not doing stuff from that standpoint and giving back, I love just helping other people think through real estate deals. What's one or two mistakes you've made on the 23 unit that if you don't want to classify it as a mistake, then things you would do differently for the next syndication that you do, whether it's about the actual deal or structure, how you found it, whatever. I would add one more piece of advice to doing something as a must is get an SEC attorney. They're going to really be invaluable in putting together your PPM and your other paperwork you've got to file. But otherwise, I would go bigger. I thought just getting into a deal was the most important thing, and it is. But I would say it made the deal that much harder to finance. It makes it that much harder to keep occupied at 90%, which is a big threshold for people. And it just makes watching the pennies that much harder to do. And so I would actually go bigger on my next deal or advise that. That would be something I would do over. And I don't know. That would probably be my biggest one is just go bigger. Weird as that sounds as a mistake, that one thing has given me more heartburn out of this whole entire project, even though it's been a good project. Where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? They can email me, jordanmadewell at gmail.com. I'm sure you'll have my name in the show notes, but they can email me or they can call my cell, 806-570-0264. I'll be happy to do what I can to visit or answer any questions. Jordan, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for talking about how you had the aha moment with your single family after you just closed on the second one and then you spent the next six months listening to podcasts, a couple that you mentioned, Old Capital, Bigger Pockets, and then this podcast, Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever. And then you didn't just listen, you reached out to people, you talked to them, you communicated with them, you asked them questions, and then ultimately you reached out to the guests that were on the podcast. And that's something I encourage as much as I can remember to encourage the best ever listeners. Don't just listen to these shows, reach out to Jordan, talk to him, talk to the other guests who are on the show and learn from them, build relationships with them and see what type of value exchange, if it makes sense that you all can do. Thanks for getting into the details of how you structured the deal with your investors as well as with your general partnership team and then the lessons learned along the way one of them is make sure we have an sec attorney who puts together the right legal documents and then go bigger one thing that you said at the very end that i hadn't consciously thought of is that when you do have a smaller deal say a 23 unit and it's so funny. I am catching myself now because now I'm saying a smaller deal when I say 23 units. But earlier, like five years ago, that was a large deal to me. So it's all relative. But a from commercial real estate standpoint and from a loan standpoint, a smaller deal, a 23 unit, you said it's harder to keep occupancy at 90%. I never thought of it that way. Conversely, it would be easier to keep occupancy at 100% because you only have 23 units, but it does go both ways. So it's important to make note of that. And I'm glad you called to that. And you said you have to watch the pennies a lot closer. And that's very true. And it's also a very good 
lesson and training rather for larger deals because you're conditioned to be looking at the properties a lot closer because you have to with the 23 units. So thanks for being on the show. I think overall your approach aligns with the West Texas mantra of you roll up your sleeves, you get to work, you treat people right, and you get your job done. And that's why I love going to Texas Tech University. So with that being said, Jordan, I hope you have a best ever day, my friend, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate you. Tired of the noise in the real estate investing space but still want to light your business on fire? Real Estate Deal Talk is an original source of radio shows, podcasts, case studies, and articles devoted to real estate investing. For investors, by investors. Discover more at realestatedealtalk.com. That's realestatedealtalk.com.